You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Clock Radio Speakers. I'm your host, Armand. You can follow me on Twitter at Armand Wake Up, A-R-M-O-N-D, Wake Up, all one word. ClockRadioSpeakers.com is our one-stop shop for Facebook, iTunes, vote, rate, and comment there. Uh, SoundCloud, comment there. Uh, we just passed 30K on SoundCloud, right? Yeah, I was actually, as you were saying that, I was like, you know, I should look up the numbers because someone's going to ask. We are at, yeah, we're, we're still, yeah, we're past 30K. So we, pre- we appreciate that, everybody. And, um, and that 30K, that, that 30K is just since August. So um, that's crazy. That's good. You know, maybe we can, can we get to 40 in a year? I don't know. We'll see. Why not? Let's, 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 let's aim high. Let's um, do it. <laughs> I'm down. Um, so what else yeah, can you find links to on the website? Um, I don't know. You built it. <laughs> <laughs> that was trying to be the alley. It was, but I, I forgot. Nah, you got it all. Uh, official Twitter of the show, at CRS Podcast. As always, use right. the hashtag Clock Radio Speakers if you want to you know, converse back and forth with us and other people who are listening. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter, Doc underscore Beats, S not a Z. I was going to say, who is who are you, strange person who hasn't announced yourself but is suddenly knows all these details about Clock Radio Speakers? I know everything. Um, yeah, that's about it. Um, did you play anything in the radio lately? I actually played pretty much the whole episode. I just played the episode. Okay. Like, I just played the episode and played a couple of records in between because um, I think lately we've been having some good conversations and right. we just need that to go instead of a bunch of music. You know? So, yeah. Uh, Pulse cool. Radio every uh, Sunday night, 10 p.m., 12 a.m. Eastern. Replay is from noon to two at the pulse-radio.com. Um, yeah, I think we can get into the show, man. What's, what's going down? So we got a, so quick follow up from last week. Uh, we talked about, um, <laughs> you got killed last week. What are you talking about? about for last week's show? Yo, oh, the Slaughterhouse thing? Yes. You, you had Slaughterhouse fans in your mentions. Listen, like <laughs> that I'm supposed to, you know, clutch, clutch my chest with excitement when I hear Slaughterhouse rapping over beats we've heard done better before. It's cool. Look. I'm yeah. I'm not. Expe- I'm not expecting. It's funny. Like one of the tweets I saw, and they was like, you know, I can't believe Doc is obsessed with the beat first. Like he's a producer. <laughs> like, you know what I've said on the show before, to- but in case anybody hasn't heard, like, let me. I mean, I will explain my my my, my doctrine, as it were, and that's not a pun. Like the, <laughs> be such a rapper thing to do. Um, I start with the beat. Without a good beat, you, you no disrespect to anybody who does this. You, you might as well just be doing spoken word. Like that's a genre. Go do that. Like if you don't know how to pick good beats, if you don't, if you're not working right. with people who, who are doing good beats, you're not making music. Right. Right. So right. we start there, and then right. and then you know, do you sound good? Is it interesting? How is your flow? How are your lyrics? Like these are all part of one thing. It is right. not simply you know bars over everything. It's not. That's right. Bars. B O E. In the words of Smack. Right. It's not bars over everything. We're, we're, we've never really been that. Right. Right. And we're certainly not that now. So, you know, look, I I don't, you know, everybody has their own opinion. Obviously, I'm just a guy who's got a mic and a podcast. But like, I think people, you know, if you, I don't know, if you're sort of saying to yourself, well, but the bars, like, we can have it all. Like, that's sort of the thing. Like, and if you're not hearing it out of the artists you normally listen to, well, there's a lot of new artists out there. There's a lot of stuff maybe you haven't heard, but like, you do not have to compromise, right? We didn't have to compromise growing up, and people think they have to have lowered expectations now, and I just, I don't think that's the case. I don't, I don't think, think that's true either. Yeah. I don't think you're going to get it from the same way that you, that, that MTV might have played it for, MTV Jams might, might play it now, but MTV might have played it for you 20 years ago, but I don't right. think you have to compromise. Yeah. For what you want. You don't have to. Yeah. There's so, so much out there. It's out there. All right. And it's not as hard as it was to look for now. Like, 
you've got podcasts making a resurgence. You've got mixed shows on SoundCloud. You've got, you know, I mean, blogs are still blogs, you know, they don't have the power that they had a few years ago, but they're still very much relevant. Right. Um, you know, it's just, it's just easy. Speaking of discovering music. So follow up on last week, uh, we Uh-oh. talked about beats music. So I wanted to try it out. I saw that. Yes. How, how'd you like it? Uh, you know, I'm an, I'm an edge case, right? I'm somebody who has their music so organized. Like I've got everything, like everything's tagged exactly how I want it is organized exactly how I want it. You and I, we have been early on Spotify. I have like a ton of playlists in Spotify, Mm-hmm. So I would say Beats Music is maybe not quite perfect, but it is at the very least, it is something different. Like Spotify and RDO, excuse me, they basically attempt to be iTunes or something like that, but just streaming. Mm-hmm. Beats instead is really geared around like this idea of we've got curated playlists. Like I'm going to jump into Beats on my phone right now because some of these, play- like basically it starts off and it asks you like other stuff does, but it asks you. You know, what genres do you love? Which ones do you like? Which ones do you never want to see? And then it digs down deeper into the artist. So like when I open up Beats Music right now, it'd be funny if it just started playing a record. So it starts with this just for you. So like, let's see what we got here. It, you know, it's pulling up albums from the Staple Singers, pulling up, you know, everything from old LL Cool J records to Booker T. There's like curated playlists. Like Booker wh- T and Stevie Ray, Harlem Heat. <laughs> there's, there's curated playlists like the Notorious B.I.G. Deep Cuts. Well, question, question, question. I've seen stuff. How, like, do, well, like, how do they find that out? What do you mean, how do they find that out? There, are, there they... are people who work for Beats who are putting together just an insane number of playlists. Okay, but I'm saying like when you first open up your... It asks your, you, your... so it asks okay. you like you what genres and then Thanks. which genres do you love? Which ones do you like? Which ones do you never want to see? And then it... Ooh, and then it right. And then it asks you like which artists do you love? Like, et cetera. So, you know, there's a curated playlist on here. Jay-Z produced by Just Blaze. Like, come on. I like, just did that with Neptunes, yeah, that's right. Dope. Um, you know, there's a place I was, I was listening to at work today, which is Snoop and Dre collabos. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> interesting. Very uh, an intro to EPMD playlist. Oh, Nas, wow. Nas songs produced by Primo. I mean, come on. Wow. And they know this is what I want to listen to. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. There's a really cool sort of a bunch of play. And this is just for me. But like when you dig into the playlist, there's a really cool thing they do where it's basically like the, it'll say like class of 2004. Yeah. And then what it is, it's basically all the artists that whether you graduated high school or college, like so I graduated college 2004. So that's perfect for me. And it's a playlist of all the stuff that you would have loved listening to when you were in college. Wow. Yeah. It's so from a playlist point of view, they're doing stuff I haven't seen anybody else do. Okay. But it's still kind of a same, uh, it still has the same um, problem that I think all these services have, which is something that YouTube and SoundCloud sidestep, which is allowing people to not have to go through the label system or this sort of indie distribution system to get their music. Like if you want to put something on, on SoundCloud or, or YouTube, you can just go do it. You don't have yep. to talk to anybody. You just make an account and you go and anybody can hear that all over the world. I'm still waiting for somebody, for one of these big streaming companies to figure that out because SoundCloud is, is emerging as a platform right now. Yep. Like we've been talking about SoundCloud for a while, but everybody puts their songs on SoundCloud now. Um, good example, new Drake record. Like Drake is now- This is what Drake's been doing for the last six months. Right. He's got an interesting pattern going on right now mm-hmm. where he likes to debut songs in pairs, mm-hmm. whether or not, sometimes it's one song with two parts. Sometimes it's a couple songs- 
within like a day or two of each other. It's almost like they're like, I, I can't tell if these are just like sort of state, like purposeful, like, okay, we're going to put these two songs out now, these two songs in five weeks, these two songs and whatever. Or if they're almost like, it's almost like a real time focus group for where you should be going musically, especially for somebody like Drake, who has these sort of different lanes, right? You know, whether it's zero to a hundred or whether it's the, I can't think, you know, or something like, up. or yeah, exactly. You know, he gets to figure out because all this stuff gives you stats and analytics. You can say, hey, the people love this, but they don't really like this. Like it gives really interesting feedback to artists mm-hmm. and there's no barrier to entry. You don't have to go like it, it, you know, it used to be if you wanted somebody to hear something right now, you had to go bring it to the radio station. Right. Right. And then eventually it became, well, you could get it to a blog, but now that's still right. somebody else. And now you have SoundCloud. You can do it yourself. Right. Speaking of this Drake record. Speaking of this Drake record, let's talk about it. Zero to a hundred. How do you feel about it? I love this song. I love both records, but I really love Zero to 100. Zero to 100. Drake is, um, over the past year and a half, dating back to when did, uh, when it started from the bottom come out? That was like January, February 2013, right? Yeah, because the album came out in... October. Yeah, yep, because I was, I was playing it in, uh, when I was in Florida, yep. Um, all the way back to, so the past <laughs> year and a half... He, it's not something he does all the time, but he has shown now the ability to basically to rap over some of the like hardest beats that you could imagine, darkest beats that you could imagine artists of his stature rapping on and people are eating it up. It's fascinating. It is. I mean, but you know, it's funny because the zero to 100 beat is very interesting because I think the drums drive the record for your casual listener. Right. The drums are very, you know, engaging, but that sample is for us. Right. That is such a, he- I mean, people like, I, I would, I, I would, I would say much like started from the bottom. Yeah. It feels like start from the bottom. Right. Um, it's funny because I've heard that this beat is repetitive and I'm like, well, you just, you're just going to hate mid to late nineties, East coast underground hip hop. Right. Cause that's what this is. It's a two bar loop and that's it. But I don't need any changes to it. Just drop the drums every once in a while, drop the bass every once in a while and let that loop just keep going. Right. I mean, we, <laughs> we've done a ton of records like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love the song. Drake is, is rapping. Remember I said he sounded kind of lazy on draft day? He does not sound lazy on this record. Flow is sharp. Lyrics are sharp. You know, it's catchy. still catchy. Right. Um, yeah. That's the thing. Like, he's putting... Like, he's not just... It's not like this is a, you know, okay, I'm going to make records. When these are my themes. I'm going to do some throwaway, like, mixtape records for, for street dudes or whatever. Nah, these are like... He's really... He's... Not, I mean, he, we've known this for a while, but he is clearly at a place where... He truly is one of those guys who he's not chasing trends. Yeah. He's, he's doing he's he's doing what he wants to do. Absolutely. And, you know, this is it'll be interesting historically to, you know, in five years to look back on, on this sort of stuff. Like when we were in the middle of the Good Friday run in two thousand ten. We didn't know. We didn't really know how we were gonna look back at that. And I wonder how not just Drake, but other artists as well, like how are we going to how are we going to like consider historically like oh well you know they put an album out but they also had this like crazy run on SoundCloud like how are we going to how will people judge that I think that much like a lot of the eras that we're in I think we're not going to appreciate it I don't think we're going to appreciate this era until much later I think, I think this is a great era. I think what what Drake's doing you know it's clear that he's not the type of artist who can um just go away for a while and pop back up like Beyonce he likes yeah. to have songs out, but mm. you don't see him talk about stuff and hype stuff up and then eventually release it, typically. Now, there's some of that with, like, trophies, right? There was a little bit of hype about that. Yeah. But generally, stuff just drops. Just drops. I mean, we made it. We weren't expecting we made it. I was listening to that record again. 
you know, it's funny. It was in the context of something that somebody tweeted me about uh, Exhibit C. Like, I, I, don't even, I, I can't think exactly the context, but they were talking about how, like, I don't even know how they got to me. But, like, it, I, we, I must have talked about Exhibit C on the, show, on the show recently. But, like, Exhibit C is a dope record, but I don't think it's an incredible record because I can't really say I ever find myself wanting to listen to it. Mm. And as sacrilegious as this might sound, like, I'd much rather listen to We Made It. I really would. I mean, again, like, Drake... The character is so polarizing mm. that sometimes it overshadows the music that he makes. Because if anybody else would, I mean, you know, J and J Electronica got on We Made It, but whose record are we? Whose version are we listening to now? Right, I definitely can, not J and J Lex. It's really funny that a record like that, which for some people would have been a throwaway, and the fact that it's a Soldier Boy remix, essentially, people you want to discount it, but that's my favorite record of the last six months. I heard some producers say to go back to a zero to one hundred. Right, sorry. I heard some producers say. I'm actually Wes and, uh, and Wit, who were on the show a few months ago uh, talking about School of Roses and Collision Records. They said the majority of MCs, if they would have sent them a beat that sounded like 0 to 100, they wouldn't have took it. Would you agree nope. with that? I would totally agree with that. And that's crazy. I would kill that beat. Right. I would destroy that. I don't know. But you've also now heard it. Yeah. And now I don't want to rap to it. Right. Because people are going to rap to it. That, that. But I mean, Drake. Like, again, my, my theory on freestyling of other people's records is if you can't add your own twist to it, don't do anything to it. Don't do it because it's a good beat. Just because it's a good beat doesn't mean it's a good beat for you. You know, Niggas in Paris is the glaring example of that where so many people passed up on it. Pusha T, you know, or Black Rob's Woe that went through like 20 other people before it ended up in Black Rob's hands. Right. You know, I mean, both classic records, but they just, the person who got them was supposed to get it. Right. So... I don't know some, but yeah. What about uh? What about the ketchup? Do you like the ketchup? Um, it's cool. It's not hit. Go ahead. No, go ahead. What were you gonna say? A lot of shots on this record. Who's he taking shots at? Kendrick, Jay, primarily Kendrick and Jay, primarily Jay, but a couple of jabs at Kendrick. Anything? I mean, I don't know. We've been we've been hearing that for a while. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of shots on zero to hundred too. You know, the the goat line. You know, trying to get to some billies. Don't make me something. Something about don't make me kill one of the goats for it or something like that. Right. A lot of shots. I think, I think he thinks he can take out Jay. You think so? Yeah, I think he believes that. I don't think this is like Wayne or one of those artists. I don't know if Drake is enamored by Jay anymore like everybody else is, like other young artists. Right. He doesn't need him. Nah, at this point, I mean, you know, it's kind of like he needed him for Light Up. Right. And then I think Pound Cake was like, they have the opportunity, let's do it. But then when kind of when you take an opportunity and you see what it does... Um, you see the feedback and you're like, I really didn't, I could have just did this myself. Right. You know, it's like, again, what is a Jay-Z verse in 2014 other than like a, a quick Twitter moment? Cake, 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 cake. It's just going to start doing cake, yeah. cake, cake. No, uh, no. You know, so, but yeah, I think he, I think he thinks that, you know, if, if Jay decides to get in the ring, I think that he thinks that he is a formidable opponent for Jay. I think he believes that. The only thing I would say about Jay, and here's the only, you know, I've been on record as being hard on Jay for a while. The problem is, is I think he's got so many people who are telling him that he's still Jay. Yes. So, like, there's a part of me that wonders if he had to, could he really, could he, could he go into the time machine and pull out something, not 96 Jay, but could he put out something, something resembling a Jay with a little bit more spark? I don't know. Grammy family. (laughs) I know, you know, whatever. Um, sure. Let's say he raps like that. People would lose their minds right now. They would lose their minds right now. Was last time Jay? I mean, what? I mean, the last really good Jay verse was on what? Watch the Throne. Probably because he he was doing his thing on Watch the Throne. But those were all like a lot of those were conceptual records, right? So you know, when's the last time he just got on a beat and blacked out? Ugh. I I guess people would people would probably say Three Kings. 
<laughs> See, you don't like that record. I think, <laughs> that record I think it's overrated. That's all. People getting all sorts of excited. Um, speaking of uh, of zero to one hundred, yeah, didn't take G Unit long, did it? What? Uh, what was some? When was Summer Jam? Sunday? Yeah, three days. So. We could talk about the whole G. Do you want to talk about these G Unit songs when we talk about the G Unit reunion and Summer Jam? Let's. I mean, let's talk about the. We could talk about the G Unit set, the G Unit. The G, let's do G Unit songs, G Unit set, and then let's go into Summer Jam. Well, before we do. So I was going to say, there. Is, I mean, oh, we, you, didn't, you said you didn't hear the Common song, right? Nah, I didn't hear the Common song. Common's record. got a new record called Kingdom, produced by No ID. Um, How is it? It's really dope, actually. Um, okay. He's decided he's going to rap about what's going on in Chicago right now. Okay. Um, okay. And the whole album's going to be about that, apparently. Okay. I'm not mad at that. Yeah. Go go right ahead and do that. Right. That's what I want Common doing in 2014. And no and like no ID in him. This is this is sounding real good. Okay. Um, very I'll promising. Check it out. But but yeah, so G Unit. Um So 50 reunited G Unit. Yep. Animal Ambition in stores. Right. I was actually thinking we haven't done a 50 retro. We have not done a 50 cent retro. We done a Eminem retro, which kind of bled into some G unit, but we we have not done a. No, did we do? No, we didn't do massacre. No, I don't think. Did we see? I did can't we do a G unit retro. I thought we. Yo, sounds I'm, like we did. I'm actually gonna Google our own show. Do it to see if we talked about this. I'm so ashamed right now, dude. We've had like 170 episodes, like. <laughs> Like, our fans are like, oh, yeah, that was episode 79. I'm like, what? I don't remember what I said last week. <laughs> you know, I don't know if we have. Okay. Yeah, I don't think so. Anyway, um, we can go back and check. But so, 50 reunite, reunited G-Unit. Um, he's got yeah. the album coming out. He, uh, he, he kind of made up with Nas. Nas's set was really weird. I'll get to that when we talk about Summer Jam. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know what Nas is doing. Um, he brought out Yo Gotti. <laughs> no, no, no. It's Yo Gotti. It's not Yo Gotti. I can't pull that voice off. You know that. Um, it... <laughs> Sometimes 50's too smart for his own good. The, the easy move would have just been... To really make it about G Unit, to not do the stuff off the album. So you saw the set. I, I watched. I skimmed it. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. That's a good. That's a good thing to do. Was, was skim it. There's a lot of skimming for these sets. Um. Whole lot of skimmery. Right. The choices of records they did was unusual. Bad. Uh, okay. It was. It was bad. Very it, bad. It was novel. Um. But it was clear that Fifty was like I can. I can cash in on this little nostalgia wave. I can promote my album to Summer Jam. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, at least to me, it was too transparently clear that he, this wasn't about reuniting G Unit. It was about 50 Cent. Yeah, and, absolutely. Right. And, like, this, and honestly, like, he could have easily done a little thing. I mean, I don't think he's interested in this, but I really think he could have done a thing where, you know, you really make it about G Unit. These records that, that, that they put out could be the start of maybe like a mixtape or something. And then they could go do like a mid sized venue tour all up and down the East Coast and make a, make a nice little chunk of money. But 50 still thinks it's 2003. So 50 doesn't think like that. I really don't think that, you know? Well, Animal Ambition projections are sitting at 30 to 35K right now. I mean, for, you know, he's indie, but, you know, again, this is. It's 50 cents. And, exactly. <clears throat> An artist at one point who, I believe Get Rich or Die Trying did a million in a week, didn't it? One of the first two albums did, yeah. Yeah, I think it did a million a week. Um, so, no, I agree with you because the Summer Jam set, I like what they're doing with these freestyles. You know, granted, I don't like them putting Kid Kid on there. Just just go ahead and that's just, they're just further 
solidifies your theory of it's about 50 yeah it's about 50 um but you know i'm surprised i'm i was very shocked to see young buck there right. I, I i expected yayo and banks but you know buck was just oh wow okay you know but um <clears throat> i like these freestyles people are clamoring for a g-unit radio they want who kid they want all that stuff back apparently they're, they're doing two shows in new york miss info just reported that I saw those um, pop up on my, on my, yeah. You know, they are in the studio. There's been pictures in the, in the studio. You're right. A mixtape right now would be clutch um, because people are really excited about these records. People in New York are really excited. Do we know if people outside of New York care? Um, I mean, does it matter? I think that like, I think the idea of G-Unit coming back together is similar to Dipset. You know, because this is what Dipset should have did, really, large in part. Like, they, when they got back together and they showed up on stage, they should have already had records ready. Right. And they should have put out a little mixtape and called it a day um, and then cap- capitalized off of that. But they didn't. Um, so I think enough people care for them to want to do something and try your, your avenue. But that, that Summer Jam set was just bad. Like, you have, you bring out Lloyd Banks went on fire. You bring back Tony Yeo. Yeo was so seductive. You bring out Young Buck with Show You Want to Ride. And then you do 30 minutes of Animal Ambition records that nobody knows about. Nobody cares. And then you sneak in um, I Smell stuff. Uh, <laughs> you, sn- you sneak that record on. And then you, what was the other record they did? Oh, uh, it was the other record they did on Summer Jam. I can't remember. Okay, they did another junior. I'm sure somebody's yelling at the, at the yeah, show. Sorry, I'm the sorry. They did another G-Unit record. Then 50 talks for five or seven minutes. He does a rant. And then as soon as they're like, yeah, play another record, Ebro's like, get off stage. <laughs> because they went over their time. It was, just, it was just so stupid. When they did the G-Unit thing, they should have did 15 or 20 minutes of those, those uh, G-Unit radio records. Mixed in with their hits. They should have did Popping Them Things, G'd right. Up. All those records. You know, uh, Banks Victory. They could have did the, uh, the Fat Girl record, the... The Love You Better record. The, oh, they did You Should Be Here. They did You Should Be Here. That was the other record. Um, those old No Mercy, No Fear, 50 Cent is the Future. Like, that would have been perfect. Then sneak in a couple of Animal Ambition records. You know, let let everybody get their own set. Let Banks do Beamer, Benz, and Bentley, because that's still a hot record in New York. You know, um, uh, Yayo doesn't need to do a solo record. If they weren't going to let him do it so seductive, he can just yell, here we go now. You know, let... I guess, you know, let Buck do all the show they want to ride with me. Call it a day and it'd be done. That would have been perfect. The buzz would have been super, super high. Um, but you're right. It's about 50. Right. And I, I think they I think they botched that. But I think, you know, they kind of saved Grace a little bit by not only putting out the, you know, the. the oh, they did the, the Cuffin Season remix, too, because they, they brought Cobb out. Mm hmm. Um, that's when that's when they got in the fight and the chain and all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, so they did the No I'm Talking About record with Hit Boy, which that I didn't want that to be the first record. I, I, I heard, I saw a tweet that said, I'm about to play, I think it was Cast One or DJ Enough or somebody was like, I'm about to play the new uh, G-Unit record on Hot 97. Pull up my tune-up app, go to Hot 97, and I hear them on a turn-up beat. No, 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 no. That's not your first introduction. No, I would have much rather have heard uh, zero to one hundred yesterday and cuffing season yesterday, and then no, I'm talking about today or tomorrow. That would have been better, but they switched it. Whatever, but you know, they need to do a mixtape. The uh, the cuffing season people are people are talking about that. Yeah, and it's good because it gives it gives that record life because Fab sat on that record when Soul Tape Three came out. That was the obvious front runner that people really liked, and Fab just put a video out for it like two months ago. 
when right. Soul Tape came out in like December. Right. Well, here's an interesting. Um, so last week we talked about this new Billboard and Twitter collaboration, the trending yeah, 140. Yeah, 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 yeah. Number one right now, Cuffin Season. Wow. The remix or the original? The problem is, is they they trigger to what they have. Like they look at what people talk about, and then they link up with something in Spotify. Well, Cuffin Season's in actually Cuffin Season's not even in Spotify. But no, not, they're not saying the remix. But I don't think this. I don't think this is sophisticated enough to pull in a record like that. You know what I mean? Like it. It's still there. It's there's still this notion of like official records. Does that make sense? Excuse me. Yes. Yeah. So yes, I think I think that's I think that's kind of a problem. Oh wow! I agree. The, the chart just changed. That was pretty cool. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sitting there watching it, and a Lana Del Rey track just moved up. I was like, huh. So it's 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 totally real time. Uh, apparently. Um, but yeah, so like people are talking about cuffing season, not because of anything, except the fact that it was performed at, at Summer Jam and G-Unit's <clears> on it now. <throat> so Fab gets a little, you know, they get to do something with that. I don't know what. Um, yeah, because I think it has a new Fab verse on it too, right? Right. So here's the problem is I think we, I think people do this with all walks of life. People always assume that there's a plan, right? People, people assume that at like work, that when their bosses are trying to do something different, that it's like, there's like a big plan. People assume that when the government does something, that there's a conspiracy, there's a plan. People don't realize that most of the time stuff just happens and it's poorly thought out and the same extends to artists. If they like if if 50 really had this G unit thing thought out and if they were really working together again, they would have records on the Animal Ambition album. Right. And they would have saved that for the last minute and they would have performed that like this isn't well thought out. Sometimes this stuff just gets thrown together and I'm guessing for those four guys with as much history as they have, just getting them on that stage probably right. took an act of Congress. So, right. you know, sure, in an ideal world, they'd be lined up with Fab's people to get Fab's people to push this record, which helps G-Unit out, which helps Fab out. And they have this other stuff lined up, but they don't. Right. It's a, You know, it's a, it's the same problem that Dipset had, right? They had so much history. They had to expend so much energy just to get it, just to get them on the same stage. It's the same problem Wu-Tang has, you know, times whatever, because there's so many more people involved, right? I mean, that, that whole problem with the G-Unit set is like, right now, on New York radio, Banks is more relevant than 50. And he's, and he's been that way for five years. Absolutely. But Banks had to play the side. Yep. Right. And because, I think and I think that that kind of messed with 50. What, that Banks is... Banks not only had Beamer, Biz, and Bentley started up, like that The Hunger for More 2 had a couple records that could have did something on radio. Right. Um, and, you know, since 50 was a part of that, I heard he, you know, slammed the brakes on it. And the thing, I guess, I don't know, we can talk more about this, but... It occurs to me that I kind of feel bad for 50 Cent. How so? Because he's really trying. (laughs) Like, what I mean by that is he didn't try to, like, it seems to me that he's not, the music he's making, it's not like he's trying to, like, do what the kids are doing. Yeah. He's making authentic 50 Cent music. He's making authentic 50 Cent music. And really, people could not care less. Yeah. It's a collective yawn. Absolutely. That has got to be crushing. He he's has, doing he's doing everything that we want an, an artist to do. Yep, videos like he pretty much released the whole album before it came out. I, I admit I haven't heard the whole thing, but I've heard some of these songs that have come out. It seems to me he is in a good but not great like bubble right now. Like yeah. he's not yeah. famous enough anymore. As crazy as that sounds, but he's just not important enough musically anymore to get away with a good or okay fifty cent record. Mm-hmm. He now has to. He now has to go back to two thousand and two, mm-hmm. and that's just got to crush him. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for him in a sense. He almost went away for too long, and he never really went away. He was always trying to release music, but yeah, you know, I don't know. 
I've got you got to adapt to you got to adapt to the times, man. I would I would agree, and it's funny, you know. It, we don't, you know, it's like you said, we don't want to hear Gene on, on turn up music, but like, I don't know, take someone like Fab, who has adjusted and he's got this sort of, you know, New York centric career, but like, it's kind of working for him. Yeah, Fab is weird. He is in a weird spot. Yeah. He's been in, I think, I think that spot is self placed. I, 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 I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know if 50 can, can conceive. It's like for him, pretty much right after I get money. Like he just stopped. Yeah, and it's funny because that, that was that album before I self destruct. Yeah, that was Curtis. That was Curtis. Okay, it's a long. Curtis time had ago. some joints, didn't it? It did, but I get money. I get money really without I get money. Fifty Cent would not have had a hit since two thousand and five. What Candy Shop? <laughs> Candy Shop was way bigger than I get money. I know, but it was such a not good record. <laughs> what was the one record? Um, show me how you do it. Disco Inferno. Disco. <laughs> Yo, I like that record, man. When I think of Disco Inferno, I think of the rest. I know you do. That's why I like. <laughs> um, Out of Control remix. Out of Control remix was the last dope commercial Fifty Cent record. You don't like I Get Money? Oh no, no, no! I like that Get Money. I you, like that Get. Money. You don't think that's a commercial record? Um, no. I mean, by commercial, I just meant like single in the video and stuff. I don't right. mean like him pandering to people. So, nah, it's it was I Get Money. I mean, I get people forget I Get Money was a last minute addition to Curtis. Yeah, it was. He had a whole bunch of singles before that. Yeah, what? Yeah. So we 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 clearly need to do a fifty retro. Let's just save okay. that. Let's let's do. We probably should do it now. While I was we, th- you know while we capitalize off this G unitary. I was thinking next week if we can squeeze it in. Uh, we will have to see. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what else do you want to talk about at Summer Jam? So there was there was two stages. There was yeah. There was the kids the kids table and then there was the adult <laughs> table. Yeah. And ironically, the kids' table was arguably, as it has been lately, it's probably more interesting. How so? Just because of the artists? So, like, what happened on stage? I would say because of the artists. Um, You know, gotta love New York City. Iggy Azalea has the top two songs in the country right now. She's not even on the main stage. But they closed the show with YG and DJ Mustard. Right. I mean, Mustard, I mean, his sound is dominating. As we've but like about. half the people he brought out on stage weren't even people who were on his records. Right. I, I get that. It's, it's funny. We, we talked about Iggy last week. We didn't even say, you, you, think, you think DJ Mustard's mad that Fancy sounds like exactly like a DJ Mustard beat? Listen, you're asking me, really what you're asking me is, have you heard Fancy? Oh, come on. How do you avoid? Easy. Gotta, Very easily. Gotta stay current, man. You I gotta know. at least know. You gotta it's know. It's funny because yeah. I, I listen to the radio and I don't hear fancy. I don't hear it. I don't know. Ohio radio's still playing my hitter in Hannah Montana. <laughs> they aren't playing Hannah Montana. Yes, they are. I kid, I kid you not. Migos Hannah Montana is on the radio here. Hannah? 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 Yeah. Um, it, it's funny. It, you know, we've talked about ad nauseum. Sort of, will DJ Mustard be able to diversify his, his sound? Well, guess what? The clones are arriving diversify your bonds yep <laughs> the clones are arriving um and the first clone just went number one so have fun with that <laughs> you don't want to let you don't want to lex luger yourself right um you don't want to jalo beach yourself but like you man mac wilds i heard he had a good set yo i'm gonna i'm gonna admit to some ignorance people can make fun of me but I, i'm gonna be i'm gonna i'm gonna keep it real with everybody i did not know that was dude from the wire how did that i not, is michael how did i not know that that is michael i'm watching the wire now i'm watching this is my second view you on what, what season you on now i'm on i'm in the middle of season two um trying to think docs where. i love that season yeah i don't understand how people think that this season is whack they're crazy but then again 
I gave up halfway through season four because I didn't like everything that happened at the school. I know yeah, you bug. I need to go back and watch. You bug, you bug. I still, I still got to finish season two of House of Cards. Oh, yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> right? Yeah, you wilding right now. No, I'm on the part where they had to switch out the um, they had to switch out the cans because they're just now realizing Frank just realized that they, there's a tap. Oh, they've got a wire. So I'm about half. I'm about halfway through the season. Right. Um. So yeah, Mike Wilds came out. He did some stuff. Um, yep. Who else was on the Janae Akio? Janae Childish um, did a set. Yep. Heard. You know, she caught a lot of backlash. She was literally. I guess she did her set drunk. Apparently, <laughs> um, according to her Twitter, and she didn't sound good live. I listened to a couple of minutes, and I I would agree with that. But you know, Twitter. Twitter will embellish something. Um, and she was basically responding to people who were talking to her all day. And that's the number one rule of Twitter. Don't react. And she was reacting. So people were egging her on even more. And well into the night, she was still on Twitter responding to people who were talking about her, her performance. Or it's interesting. She doesn't strike me as somebody who's necessarily particularly strong vocally. Right. So I'm right. not surprised. She's not Cassie, but she's not. No, she's no. She's not Christina Aguilera either. <sighs> Shout out to Ryan Leslie. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, I heard. Um, I heard. Me and you on the radio a couple weeks ago, and I just man, that was really a thing for a totally second. Totally was a thing. Crazy. Ryan Leslie gave her some freaking bombs, some serious records. Ryan Leslie's a talented dude. He just for he's, whatever reason he just never. He's too. He's too talented. Like I talked about with most deaf, how he's just like so. Like he's just so insanely talented, but he's also insane. Ryan Leslie's the same way. He's too talented for his own good. He doesn't know how to hone that talent into one one direction. At the very least, with most, you know, you can point to the first album and the Black Star stuff from the late 90s and you can say he had a moment. That's the first positive thing I've ever heard you say about Black on both sides. <laughs> I love Miss Fat Booty. That's one of my, that, that's a, that's an incredible record. I and I like record. a lot of records on there. I have a record on an upcoming project that samples said song. Mm. I'm writing to it now. <sighs> yes. I will, I will. I will hold you accountable. You oh, oh, no, oh, oh, no. I understand the ramifications. Okay. I, so, I understand the ramifications. If it's the project, I think, which I assume it is, it's a good record. Yeah. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to flip the concept. Uh, I'm going to talk about something else instead of her. I got it. All right. Um, who else was in the second set? Was Action, Action on the second? Yes, he was. Bronsolino was on the second set. His stage, his, his show was really funny in a good way because he did not, enga- he, first off, he's doing records off Blue Chips too. So he did Tequila. He did like the intro. <laughs> he so doesn't care. That was that was glaringly apparent. And it wasn't like I don't care like I'm just here to collect the check. It was like no matter what I do, y'all are going to like this. Like I'm Action Bronson, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. I can rap really good over beats that you normally wouldn't pick. And that's it. I'm a big fat white guy. But again, he has such a polarizing personality that even with that, he was able to engage the crowd. And by the time he ended, uh, every time, by the time he did his set, wrapped up his set with um, Strictly for My Jeeps, he dipped into the crowd. He stood on top of, um, you know, some of the fold-out chairs. He performed the song there, and the crowd lost it. Right. So, shout out to, shout out to Bronson. Oh, that's who else we miss. Your man. My man. Because um, this could be an interesting story that we talk about. Uh, your man Troy Avenue. So I gotta say, I gotta. It's kind of interesting. You'd think at some point, Hot ninety seven would want dudes like Troy and Action on the main stage. Right. I thought he was gonna get on on the main stage. Right. Troy. me. So really, really wants to be Fifty Cent. Absolutely. Even down to the thuggery, based off of the uh, 
the 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 news of this week. So so what happened? So a columnist who wrote writes for uh, is noisy the site or is it Vice or is or is noisy a branch off of Vice? I think the latter. Okay, wrote a really like a real personal article about Troy Ave and his music and called him stupid and you know just really went into um, Troy Ave the person. Or used Troy Av the artist to talk about Troy Av the person. Um, so the, the title is Troy Av colon rap game George W Bush. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't read that article. No, no. Okay, scroll oh down. Goodness. Scroll down. Scroll down and just read the captions under the pictures. At least I'm gonna. I'm gonna get oh, your reaction. Oh, I love it. Oh God. Right. I'm I'm skimming this and I can already see. I mean, I don't know if I agree with him saying that the Coke boys are trying to do something different, but um it's funny because when you when those DJs play those sets in between artists, a lot of French Montana Coke boy records, a couple of ch- Oh, Chinks Drugs was on stage too. I did not see his set, but he's he just I believe he's just Chinks now. Yeah, he's Chinks. That's pretty smart. <laughs> <laughs> what like Uncle M? <laughs> so, you know, Right, right. Well, that, uh, uh, yeah, Chink's Drugs. Nothing says I'm always going to make mixtapes like a name like Chink's Drugs. Right. <laughs> oh, mercy. Oh. But, um, so of course, back to said article. Right. Uh, Troy and Hovane and Troy's camp didn't take too kindly to that. And apparently, um, the writer got smacked around, um, yesterday, I believe. Um, also, they also was revealed that this writer wrote an article about Troy Ave for Vice two years ago. We actually was with Troy Ave and was just enamored with him. Loved him. I mean, so because listen, I'm reading this and I, yeah, I mean, he's poking and yeah, he's really trying to get it, get a Troy Ave. But like the facts of the of what's being said here, I, they're not they're not hard to um, they're not hard to disagree or they're not hard to agree with. Right. You know, like Troy, the the last part about what G-Unit and Dipset did and what they said that, you know, ASAP and, and uh, Coke Boys did was about doing everything that, you know, that New Yorkers like without referencing. This is what you New Yorkers like. Right. And Troy is very much, you know, talk, 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 talk. But because it seems like they're willing to give him that 50 cent lane, but he just keeps talking about it. Right. It's funny. I, I was thinking about this when I was like when I was because um, when I was watching some of the live stream and watching like the sets in between and stuff like that, I was thinking like, so if New York radio is seemingly satisfied with promoting a 2014 vision of New York City hip hop that is f- full of references to 1994 New York City hip hop. Well, what happens in like 10 years? Like, right. We're seeing, I mean, are we just going to reference back to the reference? Like, are mm-hmm. we going to reference back to this? Right. Where it's like. At some point, you got to do something different. Mm-hmm. Really, truly. I mean, we've talked about ad nauseum. I don't want to bore people. Like, New York hip-hop really just, like, like it froze in time in 2007. For mm-hmm. the most part. Not entirely. Like, there are dudes doing different things. But in terms of what radio seems to want to promote, it's funny because they will promote nothing but um, they they play tons of trap records and all the common stuff that you think you hear on any hip-hop radio station. And you could tell they don't really want New York rappers to go there, but they it's just like nobody has conceived of a way to make hit records that sound New York, but don't sound like the New York we know. Mm-hmm. ASAP's the closest, I guess. And aside get- from Goldie, which... 
it's too bad him and Hipboy haven't done more work together because talk about an interesting vision for New York hip hop. But like outside of Goldie, you know, people point to him and go, oh, well, you know, I hear a little bone thug. I hear a little bit of screw. That's not New York. You know, what's funny. Speaking of that. Right. Ferg came out during Mustard set. Right. And did, and Rocky was nowhere in sight. Now they're different dudes. They are. It's just interesting. It's always weird to see Ferg go down his own lane and kind of take ASAP. Like, I thought Ferg would be where Rocky is. And Rocky, again, just went a totally different direction, um, got accepted by different crowds. And Ferg is kind of maintaining that grit and grime that ASAP was kind of, you know, known for. I also think part of it, too, is Ferg was just accepted by New York more than by the New York radio collective more than ASAP, more than Rocky was like. I agree with that. I I almost feel it's a sense. It's kind of how Nikki was like five years ago. Mm. Nikki didn't pop because of New York. She doesn't. she She does not owe anything to New York radio. No, but she feels like she does. Right. She grew up listening to it. Right. Right. Do we want to talk about Nikki set now? Let's talk about Nikki set. I think um, she had the best set of the night. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my get on my my old man my old man Steve's. Most of these performances were awful, man. They were bad. God, they were bad. They were bad. I wouldn't pay ninety dollars for that, or however much you pay for summer jam tickets, eighty, well, ninety. That's it. interesting. You say that because you're not going to hear the music. It's an experience. It's an event. Yeah, it's an event. This is oh, a we ve- missed. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go it's ahead. Go the, ahead. Summer jam is event programming. Yeah. It's not about necessarily did I hear a great song. It's the possibility who, that who did something, I bring? That something might so happen. Right? You yep. you can point Summer Jam used to be a, a ra- like a, a you know, a radio station concert. And then with Takeover and then the events of the, for the next couple of years after that, it became something more. And now right. in our culture where increasingly, you know why sports programming gets gets so much money from the major networks? It's because it's an event that gets people to number 1 watch live. And then number two, talk about online. Right. Event programming matters. Right. I'm actually really surprised and stunned that summer that they're not able to sell video to Summer Jam to somebody. I thought they had Summer Jam on like um uh what's the name of that channel? That music channel that was just trying to buy um that Puffy was just trying to buy. Oh, uh Revolt? No. Yeah, no, not Revolt. Um not A not AXS. If we don't, can, if we can't think of it, it can't be that important. But like, what is, <laughs> what is MTV doing with their life right now? Why aren't they ch- not playing music? They are trying. MTV is told like I'm right. not expecting MTV to do anything. There's got to be somebody who would put this centric. There's got to be somebody. Bet on, is bet on jazz still around? Bet on jazz. <laughs> uh. No, but you're right though. Like, there's no reason why this concert shouldn't be, you know, shouldn't be online on a real, like for real, real not you stream. Like, do it for real. Yeah, do it for real. Um, we missed uh, another point. We missed Nipsey Hustle. Um, as a Nipsey Hustle fan, the set was cool. Um, it was what I expected from a Nipsey Hustle set. So, so back to Nikki. What I thought was fascinating about Nikki is it was billed as Nikki and Young Money. Mm-hmm. And apparently, the and Young Money means oh, I don't know, two of the biggest hip hop stars in the world. Right. That's that's a that's a that's a that's a that, that's a nice round of applause to Nicki Minaj, mm-hmm. who doesn't have a hit record right now. Mm-mm. And I know they're pushing her, and I know oh, they I know they want this uh, pills and potions record to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I thought Nicki had a good set. She had a good set. I first off, props to Nicki Minaj. I said props. It's such a ninety word, nineties. I work. said Steez earlier. I mean, yeah, you did. You did say that last episode. Yeah. Um, props to Nicki Minaj. For not ha- rapping with her vocal tracks. 
Thank you, mm. Nikki. I did not realize how polarizing and how dominating her voice is. She has a really good rap voice. Right. Live. Right. Um, you know, somebody like Meek, who came out during Nas' oh set. Oh, my God. You would think that Meek Mill, who is known for, among other things, having a very distinct and loud rap voice, would not need background vocals or vocal tracks to go with his set. Now, there's a difference. You can have performance tracks where you have ad libs, you know, it has the start of your verse. So, you know, an artist may may need to remember how does this verse start? You add, you know, a a half a bar here. That's fine. Care less about that. If I'm rapping, you're rapping over your song. What are you doing with yourself? That's so annoying. But props to Nikki for not doing that. Uh, Funny, Nikki kind of told on herself, um, but I'm sure, you know, you're going to know this already because you're the all know. Um, She had... um, she had her lyrics taped on the fl- on the stage floor. Interesting, because she did uh, similar to what Nas did with uh, with um, Coachella. He had the he had the, the teleprompter. Um, she was standing in one place during um, Chirac and or no, not during Chirac during uh, her Young Thug remix, um, her Danny Glover remix, right. and she only did half the verse. And she says something like, "You know, y'all need my, uh, you know, y'all ain't got my lyrics taped on the floor. You know, I don't notice." Something like that. So, you know, hey, now I don't feel so bad for forgetting my rhymes when I forget them. I mean, let me say, let me say one thing. I'm sure she's actually probably never performed that live. And it's true. And it's actually possible that outside of the time she recorded it, she's never actually rapped it. True. Um, And then for, I don't know. So that doesn't bother me so much. For Nas and Omatic, I I said this when we talked about it on the the Coachella episode. I mean, he must really just like have a problem remembering lyrics because it's only the album that he will forever be known for. When, you know, hopefully, like 50 years from now, but whenever Nas is an old man and passes away and has a wonderful life, the very first thing it's going to say in his obituary, they're going to talk about Omatic. His tombstone will probably say life is Omatic. (laughs) Right. So... You'd think if there was any 10 songs, he might know the lyrics to those would be the ones. But we talked about that at nausea. We don't need to go back in there. Um, what you, would you think about Drake and Wayne coming out? Any uh, Anything notable there? I actually thought that Nikki saying that she didn't mess with Drake, I thought that was legit. That that surprised me. That was all a little bit. I mean, because they have a history right. of being on and off. So I was like, oh, you're good on Summer, just summer Slam. You're good on it summer. might as well be. <laughs> Right. You get on Summer Jam stage and you say that? I was shocked by that. I actually thought those transitions were fantastic. Um, right. It showed a little prep. It showed a lot of prep to go from that to worse behavior. Um, I wish Drake would have did We Made It instead of Trophies. Um, that was probably the only lull. But to go from... Trophies is the, was the single off the Young Money album. Right. I mean, they could have left Soulja Boy out there. He could have did, you know, did the hook, but whatever. So... No, right. That would have that would have been a really interesting segue, right? If you bring yeah. if you, look, if you're bringing out Soldier Boy for that, like if 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 Nikki walks off and all of a sudden those horns start playing, that crowd loses its mind. Yeah, I mean, I like the way it came. I like the fact that it she came though. that he came out the worst. I like the right. fact he came out the worst. Did worst behavior. I didn't need two verses. He could have did one verse, stood silent, fans would have cheered. Then he could have did um could did we made it, and then you know the segue into believe me was dope. Um, Wayne came out. Of course, Wayne has crazy energy. Um, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. It was very, very entertaining. Yeah. she. I mean, outside of, I mean, she, I'm trying to think she's the biggest artist out of New York. I mean, not counting Jay. I don't even, can you even count him anymore? Um, no. he, he transcends New York at this point. Um, but, you know, who else is bigger than her? Anybody? 
French. <sighs> He's dating a Kardashian. How, how much bigger do, can you get? Out of all the people for Nas to bring out. It's like he was trying to troll me. <laughs> he brings out Meek Mill. In now, Ameri- Meek makes sense. How does that make sense? Because they have a relationship. Nas was on Meek's last album. He, he has gone on record saying that Meek is one of his favorite young guys. Right. It makes sense. Just, Who's he going to bring out? Bravehearts? What you want to hear? Horse and Jungle? You want him to come out the quick to back down? Is that what you want to hear? You want to hear Uchiwali? <laughs> I'd rather hear Uchiwali. Face. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was super weird. Yeah, for, for, you know, they did the Khaled record. Right. <laughs> um, which did not go over well. Um, they did the intro again. The in that intro, Meek should have Meek should have rapped that. Then when then when the beat switches, the DJ cuts the beat off and they rap it a cappella. Stupid, 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 stupid. Play that instrumental. You let the beat rock out. The crack, you can cut the beat in and out, but you don't cut the record as it's building up. That was just dumb. Um, and then out of nowhere, I literally my stream goes out. I refresh, and all of a sudden, Fifty's on stage doing "I Get Money." I was like, what? Where's Nas? Right. The funny part was, the funny part was, was before Nas went on stage, the DJ that was playing was playing a bunch of mustard records. <laughs> like, yeah, we, got, we about to warm up for Nas. You know, when a rich nigga won't you. It is like, you're playing Chris Brown. Uh, Chris Brown had a, had a huge presence at Summer Jam this year. How so? At least, at least four or five, people did at least four or five records that he was on. Right. That's crazy. And then they, then they let him out of jail the next day. Crazy. But um, what else? We talked G-Unit. We, don't, we, talk we G- don't need to talk about Wiz and Snoop, right? No, I didn't even see Wiz and Snoop. Um, who else was there? DJ Mustard did a set with uh, YG okay, and so, Ty. So the set at the end. What did you think about Mustard and them? Um, I'm not surprised. I mean, I understand why you might do that. It's... Uh, I don't know if we have we heard have we heard officially is DJ Mustard going to put an album out is that the goal here yeah uh-huh. yep I believe no that's Mike Will never mind tell me uh, the title will be Mustard on the Beat Ho it's got to like, be Mustard on the Beat right that's got to be the title of it right I mean it's you don't you don't you don't get that many drops on the radio you don't get a you don't get a chain in the shape of a, of a Heinz mustard bottle to not put out a song called or an album called Mustard on the Beat uh, right. speaking of producers who make albums um, there is a Mike Will single with, I believe, Future, Kendrick, and somebody that's coming out next week. Somebody interesting, though. Future's, oh, it's Future. No, it's, uh, it's Kanye. Kanye, Kendrick, and Future on Mike Will. So it's be next week. Well, we'll see if we get it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Oh, uh-huh. how'd you feel about... Never mind. No, go ahead. What? No, nah, I literally, I, that thought literally dropped out of my head. Is there, is there, there anything else you want to say about Summer Jam? Um, so why do we, I mean, we, like, we talk about this every year. I mean, aside from the fact that it's an event, I mean, is it, is this still something that is like important? Um, We're talking think, about it, so maybe it is. I, yeah, I think also, I think that the people who run the culture right now came up on the era that we did. Right. Where, you know, Jay-Z was putting pictures of Prodigy up as a ballerina. Jay brought out Michael Jackson. I, there's a really interesting theory that somebody has about Jay-Z ruining uh, a New York hip hop. And just the title of it alone kind of makes me think and wonder that he might not be too far off. We blame 50, but Jay might have a lot to do with that, too. Um, but, you know, <laughs> so it's the it's the the fact that the people who came up on there were there when. Cameron did Hate Me Now and went to uh, Hot 97 and premiered it and Nas was on Power 105, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's always going to be a thing as long as those people are in charge. And if they continue to carry on tradition, it'll just pass down from generation to generation because as tradition goes, 
you know, the reasoning that people have for tradition is that's just what we do. That's just how it is. So I think it'll continue. Blaming Jay for the downfall of New York hip hop is like blaming Michael Jordan for hero ball. Oh, stop. We can all say that the music has died down, cut down, yada, yada. That's true. But Jay was not trying to advance New York hip hop or the essence of it or whatever. Jay was out for Jay. Of course. Lots of people were like that. They are. However, everybody, lots of people aren't Jay-Z. Right. That's all I have to say. The problem, I mean, I, I, I'll look at it this way and it's the last thing I'll say about it. The problem isn't Jay. It's the people who idolize him. Mm. Much like I would say, you know, the, the people who for a, a decade and a half after, after Michael Jordan stopped being Michael Jordan... All they all they cared about when they talked about who their favorite player was is are they clutch? Can they hit the you know are they gonna hit the game winning shot? And they questioned will, can LeBron ever do it? And they idolized Kobe for his clutch gene, even though he blew a lot of shots. And you know we could blame Jordan for it, but instead what we're really doing is we're blaming fans and we're blaming GMs and everybody for idolizing the wrong thing. Jordan, I mean, sure he hit a lot of incredible end of the game shots, but that's not why he was Jordan, right? And I would say you can blame Jay, but I mean I think it's really that people like who idolize him and who still think that he is just the greatest thing to ever walk the earth they're latching on to him for maybe what i would say are the wrong reasons but that's a whole other conversation yes it is all right nba real quick nba finals we got um, <laughs> well hold on that's how that's how quick that's you, how quick you want to be we got um six or seven obviously that's that's a cop out i um i have no idea i would say Miami's probably, you know, Miami was lucky to win last year and they're arguably worse and San Antonio's arguably better. But we all thought, I guess I haven't seen Miami sweat yet. Exactly. So it's hard to judge. We we know we've now seen the different things that can make San Antonio sweat. Mm-hmm. We haven't really, I mean, yeah, we haven't really seen the Heat sweat. You're talking about in the playoffs, right? Right. Yeah. It's because they're different. I mean, when, when Wade's playing like this, you can just throw at everything else you saw in the season. Yep. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't think during any of these other championships, Wade was this healthy. Right. I think that's going to make a difference. Sounds like you got Miami in seven. I've got Miami in six. Six. You know, I, I, picked the, I picked the Spurs to win the championship at the beginning of this year. But just what I've seen these last two rounds, nah, Miami got it. They got it. LeBron is not going to miss this chance to, to be a three to be three get a three peat and really be in the conversation with his two idols. I would say I think I think Duncan and Pop. I think they want to end it. I think but if they, they want to end with the ring. I think if they end, they're both out. They mm. retire. That's crazy because it's funny because every time we call, okay, first off, we can dispel the rumor that San Antonio is an old team because they're not, um, but. It's weird because Tim Duncan, every time we're like, oh, he's old, he's this, he doesn't look, he doesn't look like he's ailing on the court. Well, they, they done a fantastic job of managing his minutes and his time and everything else. Crazy. Um, That's the, crazy. The one thing, we, we still haven't seen a big LeBron game yet. No, but has, has he needed one? Well, that's it. Um, Somebody I, always comes through. You've got Rashard Lewis, the ghost of Rashard Lewis has come back to life. Right. Um, seems like Tony, <laughs> seems like Tony Parker will be a little healthy. Maybe um, they they said that he's hopeful for game one. He's probably going to play game one. But if he's not at full speed, that re I mean that totally changes because him him attacking their point guards is one of their best options. Especially now, especially on the flip, if they stick, if they give Cole Chalmers minutes, then right. they're in trouble because Norris Cole has been on a tear this season in these playoffs. And Mario Chalmers has been very expendable during these playoffs. Right. So 
I, I, I don't know, man. And it's, it's, it's going to come down to coaching. And at the same time, it's also going to come down to what LeBron does, because that's the one thing you can always count on is that they have the best player in the world on their team right now. Right, right. Um, I think it goes seven and I think it'll be just as close as last year. As insane as that sounds. That's crazy. And, and it's it actually it's not insane. It's not insane. I just mm. said that's crazy, but it's not insane. That's not what I meant by when I said that's crazy. Um, no, that doesn't sound insane. So at all. So real quick, let me ask you, Pacers. <laughs> should they make changes? Or should they they're just gonna have to now do they? They're gonna have to. I mean, they got to figure out what they're doing with Lance. That's that. Do you know what? The, but again, like I said last week, Lance isn't Lance totally isn't their problem. I think he needs to mature because he basically played them out of Game Six. He's insane. With his antics. Um, they need a point guard. They're George. not winning. They're not winning anything with Georgia. Right. Um, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but, I, don't, I don't know what the answer is there. Point but, guard um, who will demand the ball and who can facilitate the talent that Miami has or that Indiana has. That will get Roy Hibbert involved because basically what, you know, what Roy Hibbert said this year was like he pouted because you have to you have to you have to involve him. You have to give him the ball. You know, like when you were kids were like you would play football, you play 5000, you play 21 and that kid would get mad because he didn't get the ball. Well, you didn't get a rebound. And I'm saying we're not just going to pass you the ball when, you know, it's one on one on one on one. Right. You got to go get it. So the games that Roy Hibbert went and got the ball a couple against um, Washington, a couple against uh, who they playing? Atlanta. He did his thing. When he didn't, he just stood there and just expected everybody to be like, oh, Roy Hibbert didn't get scared. He didn't do anything. Right. No points. One point. You know, I still think he's a bum anyway. That's probably the most positive. That's probably the most positive rant you'll get out of me from Roy Hibbert. Um, yeah, Lance, you know, Lance is just a problem. Now, they've, they've also said that they're going to keep Vogel. Vogel's coming back. I can't, you know, on the one hand, it's hard to, to imagine that they would try to tread out the same group, but you, they're still young. They're still very young. So maybe, they're, maybe they just bank on, hey, these guys are going to get better. Yeah. Um, and they see what Miami does this year. Right. I think another team. I think another team gets into the mix this year. I think somebody makes a big free agent move, and they and they get into that mix. I don't know who, but I think somebody's going to do it. I mean, the East is wide open. Exactly, and I think the GMs sal- are salivating and seeing. Oh my God, these sub five hundred teams got in the playoffs, right? And did well, right? I mean, and did well. These are these are teams. You know, ter- uh, Toronto's missing a piece or two. You know, what I'm saying Washington's missing a piece or two. These are good teams. Right. I mean, basically, if Atlanta doesn't screw up against the Pacers, we're looking at D.C. You know, we're looking at Washington versus Miami in the absolutely in the Eastern Conference Finals. Totally should have been that had they not made those young mistakes. Right. They should have beat Indiana in six. Right. They gave away game six or five in one of those games. What about what about Oklahoma City? I don't know. I didn't see that game. I was at I was at a show that night, but I saw that I saw that last shot that Westbrook took. <laughs> um. I don't know, you know, Fisher's gone because, you know, <laughs> Phil Jackson's already trying to get it. I'm like, yo, come coach for me. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know what happens with OKC. They're not getting rid of there's a lot of people that they're not getting rid of on that team. I say they get rid of uh get rid of your man. My man. Um what's his name? Stoneface. Um uh, <laughs> Kendrick Perkins? Yeah, get rid of Park. Um they could still amnesty him. It's the last year left for the amnesty. There you go. But they I, at some point. I don't know. Do they, do they change their coach? They love him, but like... He's not a good coach. <laughs> Either he's not a good coach or he just had a bad postseason. We say this every year. Here's yeah. the difference. Like when, when LeBron and Wade first teamed up, it took them a little while to figure out 
How do we mm-hmm. balance these two guys who both think they're the man? And mm-hmm. they figured it out. Now, granted, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they were older than Westbrook and Durant are at the stage. But Westbrook and Durant also came up with each other. Mm-hmm. And yet, they still haven't figured that out. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that you know, <laughs> end of that game, there were huge stretches where it's like, you would almost never know that Durant was the MVP. Westbrook's just like, it's the Westbrook show. And 90% of the time, it's it's incredible. But sometimes you're like, eh, well, here we go. Mm-hmm. And you can't you can't move those two. You can't do anything with those two, and you shouldn't. They got to no. they got to get a new coach. I don't know when who they get, get. Bishop Lionel Hollins. I just like him because of his hairline. His hairline is just amazing. It's fascinating. Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> Van Gundy in Oklahoma City. <laughs> Van Gundy and Westbrook. Westbrook, <laughs> arguably one of the players who could have played on that Knicks team. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm trying not to. In this, not I'm in this tra- league. I'm trying to think like who who can really because you need somebody who can you know ironically if the Knicks hadn't already done it Oklahoma City should have thrown every dollar in, in in the book at Phil Jackson. Yeah, come do the Zen Master thing one last time. Yeah, but I you know I don't know. I mean my, my man Kevin Ollie's locked up for a while. Yeah, he's yeah he's he signed a deal right. He, he did, but it's no it's no accident that his um. His buyout drops to a million dollars when Kevin Durant goes to free agency. Mmm. Mm. Word. Yeah. Kevin Durant's not leaving Oklahoma City, yo. He's not leaving Oklahoma City. What if it's two years from now and they still haven't won a title? They're building that team around him. Building? I mean, how much more building are they supposed to do? <sighs> well, this is the point where you have to uh, you have to trade J.J. Uh, Hickson for Amari Stoudemire. <laughs> I mean, that's the problem, right? I mean, LeBron, LeBron looked around and said, this organization can't get it done. Mm-hmm. And he left. And people always saw it in terms of always joining forces with Dwayne Wade. It's like, no, he went towards a professionally run organization. Right, right, right. And Oklahoma City, you- my boy, Comic Sans Dan, um, it seems better run organization than that. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, let me tell you, if I'm Oklahoma City and I haven't done everything humanly possible to make sure that there's... To, to make sure there's no chance that, that Durant leaves. Like, if they don't win the title by then, the thought will be in his mind. Yeah, sure. But if they sure. win the title, this there's two more two more chances. If they win the title, or at the very least, they get him into the finals and it's close like something. Like if get they're into the finals. If they're if they're looking at if they're looking at Western getting out in the in the Western Conference finals for the next two years, oh boy. Because if if Pop and Duncan are leaving after this year, as you mentioned earlier, they've got to take it because they've got other young teams. They've got the Clippers, they've got the Blazers, and they've got um, uh, Clippers, Blazers, and can you imagine Golden the, State to worry about? Can you imagine when the Clippers are actually professionally run? Yo, they're gonna have like real scouts and real like GMs working. Like they're gonna be like a real team. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. Give them another two years. This year will probably be growing pains, getting used to the new owner and getting his staff and all that stuff. But wait till the, the 2015, 2016 season. They're right. going to make a serious run. Right. I mean, never mind that. Like all of a sudden, you know, the, he, he'll upgrade the facilities. Like it, it'll almost yep. be like, like when Mark Cuban came to Dallas, exactly. and he upgrade yep. all this stuff. Oh, by the way, except they play in LA. Yep. So like, yeah. And they're, and not only do they play in LA, they've already got a great team in LA. They are the premier team in LA. By talent. By 2015, right. 20, yeah, by talent. By 2015, 2016, Kobe's gone. And you do you want to do you want to play f- with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin or do you want to play for Swaggy P? <laughs> we're going to look back at we're going to look back at this era of the Lakers the same way we look back at that transition in the mid 90s. Hilarious cuz I lived in in uh, in Hawaii at the time. We used to go to preseason games and get tickets for like 15 bucks. Hilarious. Yeah, the- hilarious. <laughs> Vlad Magic was the coach. Vladdy was the <laughs> Was it, was that the Nick the Quick years? Yeah, Nick was there. Oh man. 
This was Nick, Eddie Jones, Eldon Eddie Campbell. Jones, that's who I was trying Because I was trying to think, who did I play in NBA Jam? Eddie Jones. Nick Van Exel and Eddie Jones were amazing in NBA Jam. <laughs> if you didn't want to get rebounds. My, my, my favorite, of course, was, uh, was Seattle. Did you go Kemp, Kemp and Shrimp? How can you not? I was very upset when um, I used to go in, a, in the arcade. I played with Shaq and Skiles. Mm. But they didn't, they didn't come on the, the console version. So, right. of course, the console version. But the console version, you either went with Seattle or you went with Charlotte. Larry Johnson right. and Alonzo Mourning. Well, because Kemp could dunk from the three-point line. And you, yeah. <laughs> and you couldn't discount that. Kemp was the freaking cheat code in NBA Jam. Right. He was like um, Randy Moss in the first NFL 2K. He was like, uh, yep. like, like Vic in those, in those uh, 2003, 2004, 2005 era Maddens. Where it's just like, yeah, this ain't fair. Um, all right. Real quick, finish up with some nerd talk. So if, if you feel I want to hear, let's talk about technology. We'll see you guys next week if you don't <laughs> want to hear about it. Um, Apple had WWDC this week. In fact, it's still going on. Um, did, you, uh, pay, did you pay attention to anything? Um, I, I was working, and by the time I got to The Verge, um, they, were just, they had just finished revealing Yosemite. Right. Um, so I missed the Dr. Dre call. Like, literally, when I clicked on it, they were hanging up with Dre. It was so, and I, it was I so saw, awkward. Uh, I, yes, what I heard. I heard it was super awkward. It's super awkward, but it's a cool feature. Like, to just have built-in, like, it knows that your phone is nearby, so you can totally use your computer to place regular phone calls. Not like Google Voice calls or anything, like, you know, shows up as a sent phone call on your phone and all that stuff um which is so. pretty which is pretty nice actually because you know i'll be sitting there my phone's on the other side of the, the other side of the apartment i don't want to go get it <laughs> that is super first world god super they're trying to make world. they are trying to make us so lazy yo no they're I mean, not trying they are succeeding and we are enjoying every minute of it i mean never mind that like you know you could always you can kind of do this you can obviously do this in regular email with like saving drafts and everything but just the fact that like if i'm typing an email on my phone and i walk up to the mac when I go, when I go, and I sit down, I can jump right to the mail app, and it's literally right where I left off. Right. <laughs> I do that all the time at work. I'm walking around, typing an email, and then I sit down on my desk, and I'm like, oh, now what do I do? All right, let me save this. It's it's annoying. So that's a real first world problem. Um, so they they announced uh, OS X OS 10 Yosemite, mm-hmm. um, a complete reskinning of the operating system. Um, looks a little bit more like iOS 7. But, um, I think it looks amazing. I can't wait to try it out. Um, I I, I'm on the I'm on the the list, but I I haven't gotten to it yet. Um, they announced iCloud Drive, which is essentially you know either Google Google Drive or um, Dropbox, same exact functionality, except it's built in. Um, and what's what's also nice, and of course Android people are like, ah ha ha, we've had this forever. But on the iOS side, you know, you'll not only be able to look at stuff that's in your iCloud, but you can add third-party storage providers, and it's all native. And this is the kit. The, the, the Apple is changing its tune a little bit on letting people in. Um, you know, third-party keyboards on iOS eight. Um, apps can finally talk to each other in ways they couldn't before. Widgets. What do you know? Widgets. But thank God it's not on the main screen. You got to swipe down to get them. We don't. We don't, we don't want those. Those. I, every time someone says widgets, I just think of that big old clock that HTC had on the early Android phones. Remember that <laughs> yeah. thing? When I hear widget, that's what I think. Um, you know, big upgrades to to messaging because they're feeling pressure from from all these uh, third part like WhatsApp and stuff like that. Um, ton of like it, no hardware announcements, but in terms of like what the software can do and and, and what stuff to give developers room to to do stuff, like huge stuff, like stuff they in years past would have spent a lot of time on. They touched on for like ninety seconds, like a central place for for health apps to to dump data and then you can securely transmit it to your doctor if they opt in and they've got all these big hospital chains that are on board and 
you know, uh, home automation, but lots of play, lots of things have done that, but an actual like standard for home automation, um, all sorts of stuff that again, like in years past would have been like for 10 minutes, let's talk about this. And they're just blowing through slides. Um, the fact, what I thought was fascinating and I, I want to hear your feedback on, on anything I've said, anything you saw with iOS eight, but what I, th- what I think is fascinating is like, they, they've heard like, uh, they've, they've heard like all like the calls for, Oh, you know, Apple can't innovate anymore. And where's the new hardware? People want like iWatch or whatever they end up doing there. People want something with TV. And they felt so confident in what they're doing that they were like, nah, this is for developers. So we're going to spend two hours talking about how our developers are going to get all these new tools so that they can make like basically the best apps they possibly can. I thought that was really interesting. Um, what did you think? Um, I'm just glad you guys finally getting stuff that we've had for like, I, Hey, you know, years. But I think the the my only problem is with that. Again, I'm not doing the whole Android iPhone thing. It's corny. Again, if if you if you need a certain type of you know capability functionality, Apple does that amazingly well. If you are a control freak like me, you know Android does that. But stock Android because a lot of people experienced gingerbread and Eclair when Android was buggy and it sucked, and even ice cream sandwich. What um, KitKat is right now from Jelly Bean to KitKat is a totally different Android experience, especially if you get a stock Nexus Google device, um, not TouchWiz with the Samsung. Which, which most, since. you got to say, most people don't, which is unfortunate. Most people don't. That's, that's the thing. Like when you talk to most people about it, it was, I was shocked. I was at a barbecue at Memorial Day weekend and somebody was like, oh, you got the Nexus 5. And I'm like, huh? How do you know about the Nexus 5? And we're talking about stock Google and all that stuff. So um, I say all that to say, I'm happy that, Apple is finally letting loose on the reins. I mean, the fact that you guys didn't have predictive text and like swipe keyboard was just amazing. Like you can't even install your own keyboard. That was crazy. Um, the fact that you guys are having getting, you know, being able to reply from your notifications and all that stuff. Like, I'm glad that you guys are getting that. Um, what is interesting um, that I want you to delve on more than anything First off, before I, before I ask you a question, right. when you talk about innovation, you can't like go in on the people that you took 70% of your ideas from before you talk about innovation and say, oh, they're outdated, blah. That was, that was corny. But a lot of those updates were, you know, to iMessaging, now you can send video and audio. They took stuff from WhatsApp and Snapchat and stuff like that. Like, how do you feel about stuff like that? Not necessarily you know, just kind of taking what Google is doing and trying to make it, you know, more Android specific to get people away from Google altogether. Because what this said to me was that Apple is trying to overtake Google just as a company, not just when it comes to phones, but they want your everything. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you they're, think of- they're making it so that, you know, the whole idea is this stuff is nice on nice by itself. But if you use it all together, right, Right. Like here, talk about a first world problem. Like when I'm at a Windows, when I'm at my home computer, like my work computer is a Mac laptop. When I'm at my home computer and I don't have my iMessages and I can't text back and forth like I do on my Mac, I'm like, man, how did I get to this place? And that's how they start to get you. Right. That's crazy because Android has, um, you can access your text on you. Right. Here's actually an interesting problem that Google has, right? So Apple has decided that like the, the, the three big companies in this space, right? We got Microsoft, we got Google, we got Apple. So Apple has sort of gone down the path of we're going to have different operating systems for different stuff. For tablets and phones, we got iOS. For computers, we've got Mac OS. And we're just going to make them so that they, they talk well together. They sync perfectly. Like if you're working on 
on a document, like if you're literally like, if you want to on your iPad or your iPhone, if you're typing up a document, when you get close to your to your Mac now, it'll actually, a new thing will like pop up so you can jump right to that. Not even just like launch it and then have to do a whole thing. Like literally when you unlock it, it'll be like right at the word you left off at. Like they're making it so that the interplay between them are so in sync, right? Mm-hmm. On Microsoft side, their strategy is every, Windows 8 everything. Like we're going to make everything look the same because that's what we think people want. And for Google, I can't quite figure them out because I think Chromebooks are really interesting. Uh, I don't like Chromebook. Intre- okay, why not? Um, Because I don't like Chrome OS. It's just I'm, Chrome. I'm just way too invested in Windows. So aside um, from what we do with music, and yeah. we're an outside, we're an outside group, right? As, yeah. Outside of what we do with music, what do you do on your computer that you couldn't do in Chrome? Um, you know, I didn't. I messed with. I'll say this: I messed with an older Chromebook. I messed with the first ones that were, were extremely awful. limited. Awful. So I, I, when I was in the market for a laptop earlier this year, I just looked at them to see. I looked at the more expensive ones that you know are built like Macs. You know the you know right. the the hard metal and the, the keys and all that. I mean, it looked cool, but I don't know. I They're super yeah. cheap. Um, now they got, they got some now that are in the, in the Mac price range. They're eight, nine, eight, nine hundred dollars. They're like a grand, which is crazy. Um, yeah, I wouldn't pay that for, I would not pay that for Chromebook. No, no, no way. The Chromebook's down and say what used to be netbook pricing. Now we're talking. Yeah. I mean, like, are netbooks dead? They're dead. Yeah, right? nobody uses netbooks anymore. T- uh, you know, tablets and actually smartphones really killed it. Interesting enough, like I guess my thing is is you know have they have they fixed it to where um, like you can run all because I know like at one point you couldn't run a lot of apps on Chrome OS unless they were Chrome compatible. Yeah, no, I mean they fixed it, that. It's got to be a web. I mean, basically, it's what I guess what I'm saying is what do you do that's not in the browser? What just on my on my on your computer, laptop? Yeah. laptop? Uh, not a lot. Right. I mean, <laughs> I'm not really, I'm on my laptop so that I'm not on my phone when I go out. That's why I bought the laptop. Right. I mean, aside from what we do with music, most people, a lot of the stuff they do is, you know, in the browser. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Uh, um, but what Google does, you know, so would you say then that like what Google's trying to do is make it so that you got Android and then it just works perfectly with Chrome? Mm-hmm. That's the idea. Yeah. Because I have a Chromecast. And it's weird. They have Chrome and they have Chrome beta and Chrome beta is, you know, buggy and it tests stuff or whatever. But it's weird because my Chrome beta um, on my phone, I can stream any video to my Chromecast and it plays amazingly flawless. Yo, we got that. Like, I mean, I'd say both companies are going in both directions. Like with Chromecast, yeah, they are. Google's going to sort of the Apple side and the media side of stuff. But, um, and that's, that's my only thing is, is again, like Apple does a great job of making everything sync and linear. Google is still working on that. They're getting better. Um, and I think that's just because they're open source and, you know, there's, there's way too many hands in the cookie jar. Nah, nah. They're, they're, I mean, nah, they're, they're, Google's driving, they're doing all that stuff. It's not, they're not as open as, I mean, they're open in a sense, but it's not, nah, they're, they're doing Google stuff. (sighs) They are. I just don't, I just don't like Samsung. You know me, I was a huge Galaxy fan. I just don't like Samsung. Right. I mean, for the most part, most people's experience with a Google phone now, with with an Android phone is is on a Samsung phone. It's on a Samsung. And TouchWiz is so ugly. Oh, it's so ugly. Oh, it's ridiculous. If you have a Samsung, just go just go to the app store and get Nova Launcher 
and then pay $4 for the prime so you get all the features and get stock and have stock Google. If you don't know how to flash a ROM or anything like that, just get, don't use the Samsung keyboard, get the Google stock keyboard or get Swift key. Like just do yourself a favor. <laughs> Ugh, God, TouchWiz, like TouchWiz makes my head hurt. It shouldn't, but it does. Right. Ugh. Anyway. Um, yeah, no. So, I mean, you know, as somebody who uses Apple products, I'm, uh, I'm excited. Like, uh, yeah, cause you got, you guys were, this is why I'm happy for you guys is because y'all were like, a lot of y'all was ready to jump ship. A lot of y'all did jump ship. Cause you guys were not happy with iOS seven. I don't understand that. I love iOS seven. I don't get it. You know what it is? It's almost kind of like with music. People just get bored. It actually I mean, has nothing to like, <laughs> it really doesn't. Um, people just get bored. And then a media narrative like sort of takes hold. It's like, I can't even like, if I go look at, it's funny, people, you, look, even if you don't like iOS 7, go look at iOS 6 right now. It, <laughs> it looks like something, it looks like something from the 90s at this point. That's how old it looks. It looks ancient. It looks big. Yeah, yeah. It looks chunky. It looks ugly. Because like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I would say people jump ship because where Apple, you know, Apple's stubborn to a certain degree, you know, although with their, this whole WWDC thing and I'll, I'll we can end with this, is them really not being, is, is them really saying, nah, we're not stubborn. We're just perfectionists. Like they're trying to tweak that. So like, we'll give you, you know, we're going to build in all this stuff so that you can do this the Apple way, right? Like third-party keyboards, you know why they didn't allow that? Because if you think about how that works on a computer, if you install a third-party keyboard, then that app has access to every key that is pressed, right? Every time you type something in, theoretically, if that app is written in a bad way, it could hijack everything you've ever typed. The security risks are astounding. And Apple's like, nah, we're not even going to get there until we can figure this out in the right way. So people get annoyed by that, but that's their strategy. You know what I mean? So with a lot of this stuff, uh, we can't, you know, nah, 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 nah. And now they're like, okay, fine. We're going to take the time and we're going to build it in a way that we feel comfortable. It's secure and it won't steal people's stuff and everything else. And we can let, let you do these, these extra things. So like, I think, I wonder if this is sort of the beginning of a change in attitude where like they were with, with regards to bigger phones, they were like, no, you don't want a bigger phone because you can't use it. Everybody can't use it one handed easily, but it turns out a lot of people don't care. A lot of people want a bigger phone. So we are absolutely going to get bigger iPhones. And that sounds stupid like it's not a big deal, but it is for Apple. Oh, absolutely it is. Because wasn't Steve Jobs on some like never? He says, I mean, he, remember, he, I mean, don't forget. He said before the iPhone came out, when people asked him if they were ever going to make, because remember at that point, people were like, oh, there's a video iPod. Wow. Remember those <laughs> days? So <laughs> someone asked him, hey, are you ever going to make a like a full, like a big widescreen uh, iPod that can play movies? He's like, nobody wants to watch movies there. And then a year later, they came up with the iPhone. Like, they do that all the time. But but there's something to be said. Like, a lot of people who use iPhones, they it's one-handed use. Like, you don't have to stretch. You don't have to contort. You can hit everything on the screen. But I, I'm, I'm, and it's funny because now I'm, like, my four, I believe my Nexus 5 is 4.7 inches. Right. I'm my next phone, the one that I want, the one plus one. That's a it's a phablet, right? It's five and a half, right? Like now I'm moving. Now I'm moving the phablet because four four point seven is getting to be too small. So I have no idea how y'all manage on a four inch screen. I have no idea. Um, and Samsung already. Long last thing I'll say. Yeah. And now Samsung I just saw came out in Japan with seven inch phones. Phones with seven inch screens. That's a tablet. That's not even a phablet. That's a tablet <laughs> with a cell radio. Um, but no, you know it. <laughs> It's um like to get really technical and nerdy, Apple gets to avoid a lot of the problems that people have developing for Android phones right. where you have an insane number of screen sizes and everything else that makes it very difficult 
to write an app that works really well everywhere. So they have stuck to a very predictable, like, here's what we've got. So number one, they had to sort of wait. Like they could have made a bigger screen a while ago, but they would have lost some of the crispness or they would have had to, to, to have these sort of like multiple worlds like well if you develop an app it's got to look like this here and look like that here and and that's not their their style so number one they had to wait for screen density for the screen resolution to to go up so like right now like the quote-unquote retina screens we have on iphones twice as clear as the original iphone it's in, in either direction they made it twice as clear so what they'll probably do is they'll probably go three times as clear like the next step up so they needed screens that they could do that at like and still not and and, and still not like drain your battery and all that stuff and then the other thing is they have to actually like change how the developers write programs so that it's a little bit more flexible it sounds stupid but like that's the stuff that they care about that's why they didn't that's why they're waiting until probably later this year i'm assuming my next iPhone will be a 4.7 inch screen. The real question is, are they going to go really big? I can't imagine a 5.5 inch phone. Like you have to use that. You have to use two hands with that, right? Um, I mean, depends. The average person, yeah. But you know, the, the tall and lanky like me, no. It's right. all about button placement. I think that's the one thing I like about the OnePlus One is that the the power button and the volume buttons are lower right. so that you don't have to scoop the phone up weird to get to them. Right. You know, and still hold it, you know, from the bottom as most of us do. Yeah, see, and wow. the other, I mean, the other thing is like, but see, aren't you immediately going to have problems? I need to go move my thumb up to the top to like slide down notifications or whatever? Like, no, because if you, if, if you, again, with Android, like you can set it up to where your phone does, um, um, basically, I'm, saying, I'm like, saying the average person out of the box. Again, with, again, with Android, you can set it. If you just play with, just play with your people phone, don't, people. People don't do play that. Play with your phone. People don't do it. You can set up your phone to where if you do other things, you don't have to swipe down to access your notification screen. You can double tap. You can slide to the left. You can slide from the bottom. You can slide from up the top right to the I, bottom left and access whatever you want. But I hear you. People don't do this freaking a bro they don't you know how many computers i see people where they like if they bought it from dell like it still includes the crap that <laughs> dell shipped with it seriously people people don't touch it so you know just because you can change it well why don't why don't they just make it so it works in the first place that's crazy and that's the difference that's 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 why we both use different phones um we are about we are over an hour and a half in i can't believe yeah, we got that far up. is there anything else you want to talk about nah man nah you got anything to plug um soon no <laughs> i have a lot i have a lot going on but like a lot of it is kind of on the low kind of in the air so no other than june 21st uh armand wake up renee dion taylor gray um, Girl and Guy Republic tickets will be $5 at the door. Uh, we will have physical copies of everything that I've released um, recently. So there will be a very short run of that. Um, also t-shirts and some other stuff. And if you are not uh, in the Ohio area, if you don't want to drive down all that good stuff, because there are people coming from out of town to this show, uh, you can go to armandwakeup.com and purchase a ticket via concertwindow.com and you can watch the stream live. In living color, no Damon Wayans. Um, you gonna play anything on the radio this week? I don't know. What should I play? Right. Um, G Unit. You yeah. You want you you can get ready. You might be in that zone if we're gonna be listening to it this week. All right, let's do G Unit. <coughs> All right. So uh, thank you everybody for listening. And uh, as always, use the hashtag Clock Radio Speakers. Uh, tell us what you think about the show. We had a lot of different topics, a lot of different things. I'm sure people will disagree with us about. I'm sure we messed a bunch of stuff up. So let us know. But uh, other than that, we'll catch y'all next week.